John. Fuck John. I just spent an hour listening to your podcast. That's an hour I'm never going to get again. Gonna get back again. What the fuck is that? It's the I Can Complain podcast. My name is John. I love that intro. It's an hour I'm never going to get back again. All right, let's address the elephant in the room. I'm sick. I sound sick. I know I sound sick. There's nothing that can be done. This is it. This might be the final episode. I might be dead by tomorrow. And I really don't deserve this. I take care of my immune system. Sure, I eat donuts in bed on a regular basis. I eat Pillsbury toaster strudels like they're going out of style. I don't exercise. Sometimes I vape. Sometimes I smoke a little pot on the side. But I don't deserve to be sick. I take care of my body the best way that I know how. By getting 10 hours of sleep a night, but it's still not enough to ward off disease. And you guys know that I love my friend Cole. We did the wedding episode. I love him. I love his beautiful wife, Ashley. They have a young son. I like him, too. He calls me Uncle John. I love these people, so why the hell are they trying to kill me? Every time I go over there, the boys playing with dinosaurs just flaunted it in my face. Like, look at this, John. I'm playing with a dinosaur. These things are extinct. That's what you're going to be if you keep coming over here. Every time I go over to that house, that disease-ridden home, I come back with a new form of sickness. The doctors look at me and they said, we've never seen anything like this before. What could this be? I say, oh no, doc, is it COVID? Is it bird flu? What do I have? And they said, no, we've never seen anything like this before. It's worse than COVID and bird flu put together. You'll be dead by tomorrow. That'll be $600. I don't actually go to the doctor, but if I did, they'd be looking up new forms of disease online. They'd be going home at night and trying to do research, trying to find out what I was afflicted with because nobody can figure it out. Nobody knows. It's probably just a head cold, but at this point, I'm afraid to go to the doctors. They'll probably keep me for evaluation because I've never seen anything like this before, or they'll fucking admit me on a psychiatric hold. A nice little 72-hour psychiatric hold because one of them's happened to heard the podcast before, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, you do the I Can't Complain podcast. We're going to have to throw you in a padded cell, and you can't come out till next week. We've heard your show. It's insane. I'm imagining a scenario where one of them's heard the show before and they just make a trail of raspberry donuts and Pillsbury toaster strudels to gradually lead me into the padded cell. Like I'm an animal. They'd treat me like an animal if I went to the hospital. I'd be in the waiting room. The doctor would come in and I'd say, Doc, I think something's wrong with my head. He'd take one look at me and he'd say, You're damn right something's wrong with your head. You know where you belong. You belong in a padded cell away from civilization. I can't take it, though. I can't take going over to that house anymore, that disease-ridden home that my friend Cole inhabits. My immune system can't take it. A couple weeks ago, I was traveling. I literally sat down to dinner over the course of several days with a couple dozen people. I never got sick. I felt great. I spent time in eight different states. I've never gotten COVID. I'm pretty good at not getting sick, but the one thing that I can't do is I can't go over to this house anymore. Because every time I go over to Cole's house, I get sick. The last time I got sick in, back in January, that was from going over to his place too. That time it was his son's fault. Let's, let's call it what it is. Last time I got sick, it was his son's fault. Now it's his wife's fault. Ashley, this is your fault. I texted him. I said, I blame your whole family. I even blame the dog. Your dog's responsible for my illness. I'll stick aside. Let's be honest with each other. 
these little fucking kids, they run around, they're filthy, they're disease-ridden. Fuck kids. Let's just call it like it is. Fuck kids. Fucking little germ factories. Ruining the show this week. Congratulations, Cole. Congratulations to you and your family for ruining the show this week. It's a good reality check, though, because often I brag about how good my immune system is, and I, I, I get a slap in the face every time I go over to that house. I need a full hazmat suit before I'm entering that place again, and I'm going to have to endure a chemical shower before I enter and after I exit that home. Otherwise, one of these trips over there just to watch some fucking hockey with my friends is going to kill me. But, of course, the one good thing to come out of all of this is I've got lots of support from listeners of this show. A couple of the listeners found out through the grapevine that I was sick. And every last one of them told me the same thing. You better record an episode. You better pump out an episode before you die. If you think this show is toxic, you should try to interact with some of my listeners. True degenerates. People that only care about content. If I died yesterday, people would show up at my wake. I'll give them credit. A lot of my listeners probably would attend my wake. And let's just imagine a scenario where I die and I have my funeral at 7.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning just because I want to inconvenience some of you bastards out there. I have every intention to inconvenience you when I die. It might be a 5.30 a.m. funeral on a Thursday morning. I'm going to make you get up early to fucking remember my ass. But let's imagine a scenario where I'm having my funeral on a Tuesday morning, an early Tuesday morning, and people are going up and they're seeing me just laying there in the casket and they say, God damn, he's dead. He's dead. I wish he was still alive. But when's that next episode going to drop? Because I know episodes release on Tuesday. Where's the new episode? That's what people would be asking for. People would be spitting in my coffin. They'd be pissed off that I didn't record an episode before I died. I don't have nice people that listen to this show. I'm sorry, guys. I don't have nice people that listen. I have people that demand content every Tuesday. Basically a bunch of rabid animals listen to this show. Congratulations if you're part of the listener base of the I Can't Complain podcast. You're an animal. And I know it's not going to get better. A lot of people delude themselves into thinking that life's going to get better. And I know it's not going to get better. I know it's a steady... Well, not always steady. Sometimes it's a very steep decline to the end. But I know life's not going to get any better. I'm not going to delude myself into thinking that it is. It ain't going to get better. I did see a guy in a lowrider wheelchair this week, and I've never seen that before. That made me happy for a few seconds. The guy had one leg, and I swear his knee was almost scraping the ground. I don't know if this was his version of getting a lowrider car or what was going on, but this man's wheelchair was scraping the ground. And a lot of people would look at that man and they'd say, there but for the grace of God go I. I looked at that man and I said to myself, I've got some respiratory issues right now. I can't breathe out of my nose. I've gone through four boxes of Kleenex in two days. I can barely breathe. I wish I was wheelchair bound right now. He gets to roll around everywhere. What I saw was a man that just got to roll from destination to destination, having the time of his life probably. Sitting in a comfortable padded seat. If I would have talked to him, he probably would have told me, hey, I lost my legs in the war. And I would have been able to tell him that I lost the ability to breathe out of my nose watching hockey at my friend's house. Tell me who has it worse. Because I'll tell you right now, I'd rather be sitting in a comfortable chair than not being able to breathe out of my nose right now. I know that much. 
So there I am so miserable that I'm jealous of a man in a lowrider wheelchair. And I rolled into the grocery store parking lot. I'm looking for a parking space. I've got to go inside. I've got to get some medicine. And this grocery store that I go to pretty frequently, they have parking spaces not just for handicapped people. I'm fine with handicapped parking spaces. But this grocery store has decided to chisel out special parking spaces for expecting mothers. They're giving expecting mothers prime parking spaces up front. Like expecting mothers aren't the heaviest they've ever been in their lives. Like they couldn't benefit from a little extra walking. Make them walk. I saw a few of these expecting mothers trying to roll out of their Jeeps as they're parked in the expected mother parking. All I saw was some overweight women trying to saunter inside for some honey buns. That's all I saw. I said, bitch, why don't you lose a few pounds? The baby that's going to come out of you is going to weigh 9 pounds and 8 ounces. Why are you 60 pounds overweight right now? That's a 50-pound gap right there that I just don't understand. In all seriousness, though, I'm not sure if these women are actually pregnant or if they're just morbidly obese and using the parking space because they're lazy. If it was up to me, we'd have a doctor with a stethoscope standing outside of the grocery store checking these bitches for life. We'd be checking to see whether that baby's actually inside of her or not. Imagine that walk of shame when a woman parks in the expected mother parking. She walks up to the grocery store only for a doctor to tell her that she doesn't have any life in her womb and she's got to go back and move her car. (laughs) Oh, Like, bitch, you got to go back and you got to move that Jeep. You can't be parking in that space. We know you're not actually pregnant. You're just morbidly obese. Uh, We're just having fun here. I don't really have a problem with the handicapped parking or the expected mother parking. What I do have a problem with, though... They have veteran parking at this grocery store as well. I'm running out of places as a regular civilian to be able to park. They have veteran parking. Since when did putting your life on the line for your country entitle you to a better parking space? I mean, that's some weak shit right there. That really is some weak shit. We used to have veterans that returned from wars like Vietnam, and we used to treat them like absolute shit. And now we just coddle them. We don't even make them walk. I'm like, bitch, I know you made it through basic training. I know you could walk. And if you got physically injured during the war, you'd be parking in the handicapped spaces. I guess you just have PSD. I don't know. You've got PSD, so you can't walk through a concrete jungle. So you've got to have the prime parking spaces up front. I I don't know. I don't know what the logic of giving veterans better parking spaces is. There should be one ultimate space, though. Like a handicapped veteran expecting mother space like the trifecta the triple threat like this bitch can't walk she's expecting a baby and she served two tours in the middle east give her the best space but there i am trying to park i'm sick and nobody gives a fuck about me there's no sick parking spaces i have to park on the very edge of the parking lot out by the barbecue restaurant i'm trying to pick up stray veterans just so i can score prime parking spaces I'm asking every homeless man that's wandering around this property if they want to go in the grocery store with me. Like, I actually have to take them inside if I use the parking space. That's what I'm imagining. Like, do you want to go on a field trip inside the grocery store with me? Because I need that good parking space. But of course that didn't work. I didn't find a veteran, a handicapped person, or a pregnant woman to fucking score me a good parking space. So I had to park on the very edge of the parking lot out by the barbecue restaurant. I could hear the clanging of metal trays as I parked my car. I don't know why these barbecue restaurants serve food on metal trays. 
what the fuck is this, an industrial cafeteria? Like, you want me to eat like I'm in prison? A lot of these barbecue places, they're like, hey, come on down, we're gonna serve you some dry-ass cornbread on a metal tray. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Am I paying for this? Are you giving this away? This doesn't seem like something that I want to endure. I don't want to go in a restaurant and eat off of a metal tray. Give me a real plate. You can barely even get a fork in some of these bitches. They want you to use your hands and eat like an animal. I'm not going to eat like an animal. But there I found myself parked on the outskirts of the parking lot next to the barbecue restaurants. I could hear the metal trays clanging. I could see the people in the low rider wheelchairs. I broke out my binoculars just to get a view of the grocery store. I figured it was probably about a mile and a half walk at that point. I couldn't even see the curvature of the earth was making the grocery store very difficult to see. That's how far away I was. I was so far away it tested my patriotism and it would have tested your patriotism too. You think you're cool with the veterans, but when they're getting all these prime parking spaces and you have to walk a mile and a half while you're sick as fuck, you won't like the veterans so much anymore. I had a moment where I said, fuck the veterans and fuck pregnant women and fuck the handicapped. But I'm sitting in my car. I'm trying to gather. I'm trying to summon the energy to walk to the grocery store to buy medicine so I can feel a little better. And I'm parked so far away from the grocery store, I'm out by the bus stop. That's where I was. That's how far away I was. I'm out by a bus stop. And I saw a woman with a six-year-old kid. I'm presuming it was her son. And the six-year-old, he was crying. He wasn't in a good mood. He was making his mother's life a living hell. And I said, I hope she's utilizing my strategy. My strategy for free daycare. I don't think I've ever told you guys about this. A lot of the parents in the audience right now are perking up. They're saying, John, why haven't you told us about this before? Free daycare? It's not free, but it's extremely low cost. What you do if you have a kid, you put your kid on the city bus at the beginning of the day and you tell him, don't get off. Whatever you do, don't get off. I don't care if people tempt you with candy. I don't care if old men invite you over to their place to play video games with them. Whatever you do, don't get off the bus. And you have them ride the bus all day long, and they'll ride around in circles on the route. And then at the end of the day, you go to the bus stop and you pick them up, and you've just killed eight hours. That's eight hours that you didn't have to worry about your kid. For 60 cents, they can ride the city bus all day long around in circles, and all they have to deal with is old men that'll try and tempt them to come into their house for candy and video games. I hear parents complaining all the time that daycare is getting more and more expensive by the day. And uh, yeah, this is my solution. Give them two quarters and a dime and tell them, whatever you do, don't get off that bus. I will warn the listeners that routinely ride the bus, though, if kids start utilizing this strategy. If parents start sticking their kids on the bus just to ride around in circles for free daycare, those buses are going to get even more germ-ridden than they have been. And uh, yeah, you're going to get sick. Because there's nothing dirtier than a child. I just can't get over Cole's son looking up at me while he's playing with his dinosaurs. He's like, hey, Uncle John, look what I got. I have dinosaurs. They're extinct. Let me breathe on you so you're extinct. The scientists say that COVID came from a wet market. Well, I'll take my chances in any wet market in the Far East before I walk into a single family home here in America. My immune system can't take going over there anymore. Jessica's live for us. In the Gaza Strip, an abrupt change of pace here. Jessica's live in the Gaza Strip. She's on the ground to tell us a little bit about the situation that's developing there. Jessica, how's it looking out there right now? Am I on? 
You're on, Jessica. Go. I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to hear you. That's understandable. I know there's a lot of commotion there right now. Tell us a little bit about the developments in the war. There are certainly a lot of developments to discuss, as Mr. Rainwater says. When it comes to the war on thirst, the Russians always win. Jessica, it's not time to do a pure Russian rainwater ad right now. Tell us what you're seeing there in the Gaza Strip. Well, it's hard to hear you, but if you can hear me, just know that I'm here at the Pure Russian Rainwater Factory selling Gaza Strip steaks all day today. Gaza Strip steaks are two for one. Come by and pick up a few Gaza Strip steaks today so the terrorists don't win. We're giving these steaks 24 hours to evacuate the Pure Russian Rainwater Factory before we eat them all. Dude, what the hell, Jessica? You said you were in the Gaza Strip. No, I said I was into Gaza Strip steaks. Mr. Rainwater wants you to know, don't be a hostage to high prices. Come on down to the Pure Russian Rainwater Factory today and pick up two for one Gaza Strip steaks. And pick up a case of Pure Russian Rainwater while you're at it. The Dictator's Choice since 1997. Unbelievable. Tell Mr. Rainwater I could really use him right now. The man has no ass cheeks and eyebrows, so I'm pretty sure he's legally handicapped. I could use him the next time I go to the grocery store. If I'm still alive, I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Jerry Seinfeld and Amy Schumer came out this week in support of Israel. I gotta tell you guys, I didn't know what to think about this whole situation in Gaza, but as soon as I heard that Amy Schumer was with the Israelis, I said, fuck it, I'm with the Israelis. I stand with Amy Schumer, damn it. <laughs> Where is Amy Schumer? I've got to get her opinion on this situation. Right. I said, Amy, tell me what to think. Be the next Tucker fucking Carlson or Rush Limbaugh, John. Man, they're fucking in the Gaza Strip. Evidently, I didn't know it was this densely populated. These people love to fuck. I think you could. Oh, yeah. Um, nope, 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 nope. Why am I asking these questions? You are no better. I've had it. Jason, you're to be a man instead of whiny little boy. Call me a whore. You call me a bitch. You sit on the damn chat line. You come into my bedroom when I'm asleep. Wake me up for a piece of that. And as for Big Bird, you need to go back to Sesame Street, buddy. Cause you're... I can't complain. .com is the home of this program. We're found everywhere that you find podcasts and even some places where you can't. Download the episodes. Keep the episodes close by so if you're ever in a war-torn country and you're being held hostage, not only will you have something to listen to, but you'll have something to barter with. You'll be able to go to your captors and you'll be able to say, hey, have you heard of the I Can't Complain podcast? I'll trade you a couple of episodes for my freedom. A couple of cases of pure Russian rainwater and a couple episodes of the I Can't Complain podcast. And that'll get you out of any hostage situation. Thank you for listening. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Do you love me? Do I love you? We just met a couple of minutes ago. For all I know, you might be a pot-smoking, jaded, wild-eyed, radical dropout. 
I am a pot-smoking, jaded, wild-eyed radical I love you. There are children here. It's 3 a.m. You show me the children and I'll put a shirt on. <laughs>